and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies that we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'll be your host today. I'm sitting here with my wife, Betsy. She's the co-host this go-around. I'm the co-host. Today, we are done with our Halloween Never Scream It special. And what better way to get out of that whole thing than to watch something beautiful and colorful and happy. I guess that's one way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember how we got out of the, the Halloween stuff last year. Did we watch an animated movie? I have no idea, but I'll tell you, uh, the ideas I had for this episode are much harder left. (laughs) So uh, we're going to do the first of many episodes, not in a series. This is just a one-off, but today we're going to watch our first Studio Ghibli movie, Spirited Away. So this is going to come as a surprise to a lot of people. We're not into anime. It's not that we're not into it. We just we don't never explore seek it, out. it much. We don't seek it out much like like scary movies. We just, we're fine with them. We enjoyed the ones that we just watched, mm-hmm. but we're just not into anime. So, uh, Betsy, I have actually seen this one. This is the only Ghibli movie I've ever seen, and you haven't. I watched the first, like, 20 minutes of this because you have a habit of starting movies and then stopping them. I think them. I wanted to show you there was... There an, was something an, specific There's an it. American actor that plays somebody with a very small role yeah. that I wanted you to see if you could figure who, out, who, who it was. So I watched the very beginning of this movie and then we never watched the rest of it. <laughs> sure, and you didn't really see anything. No, and the only Studio Ghibli movie I watched was... Back in high school, I saw Princess Mononoke. Okay. I do not remember a damn thing about it. The only reason I watched it was because Gillian Anderson was one of the voices in the American <laughs> version. And this was when I was at the peak of my X-Files fandom. So I was seeking out Just everything. Need to consume anything Anderson. Oh, everything that she was in, everything David Duchovny was in outside of the X-Files, my sister and I were seeking out. <laughs> so that is the only, like, genuinely the only reason I watched that movie. Okay. Did you like it? I don't remember anything about it, but I don't remember liking it. But I was also 14 or 15 when it came out. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't didn't know what to expect. You didn't really grow into your nerddom until recently. Well, no. And like an animated movie from Studio Ghibli is not like an animated movie made by Disney. They're very different things. No. This is more of a grown-up anime. It is. And I the, the experience that I have with Spirited Away... This, I was given a DVD by a dear friend of mine who sadly passed away uh, about 15, 20 years ago. She gave me this movie because she thought I was, I would, I would like it. And I did. I really enjoyed this one. I didn't really get it at first because again, I was a stupid teenager Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't appreciate like the artistry and the beauty of it until later in life. And I wouldn't go to say as, as far as like, I love this movie, but I really appreciate it. I've only seen it oh, less than a handful of times. And this is the, like I said, the, I, this is the only Ghibli movie I've ever seen. We will be doing more. And there's in the a future. ton of them. Yeah. Do you know anything about the movie before we get into it here? So I guess the question I would ask you is, is it traditionally for American audiences, do you watch the overdub version or do you watch it with the subtitles? Oh no, subs versus dubs <laughs> in our first episode. Uh, I watch it with the with the English voices. Have you ever watched it with the Japanese? No, I've not seen I've not watched this movie with Japanese voices, no. Interesting. Okay. So yes, I'd be interested to see the comparison. I'm not saying we watch this movie twice in a row or anything. No. I think what we should do here is just watch the English voices version because that's the version that I know and and I've seen. That being said, 
said, if you made me watch the first 20 minutes because there was a specific actor, I've forgotten entirely who it is. Yeah. But given that they had a pretty big cast for Princess Mononoke, there are yeah. certain... There are certain movies like this where they do tend to get pretty well-known actors to do sure. the English version. Yeah, and at the time I think this movie came out, this actor was pretty not known. But again, he doesn't have a very big part in it at all. I don't remember when this one was, like early 2000s? I think it was like late 90s or late early, 90s. early 2000s, okay. I think. Yeah, somewhere in there. So we're looking at a 20-year 20, 20 movie here or something like that, Definitely. 20 plus. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, the plot, I know from when we watched it, this girl moves into a house with her parents and then there's some crazy shit going on down the hill in the backyard and then things were going, things were going wrong very quickly, <laughs> but uh. I don't know why or how. Uh, or where any of that ends up, because like I said, mm -hmm. I only watched the very beginning of it with you. Outside of that, if we hadn't done that, I wouldn't be able to tell you yeah. what this movie is. And even that's not all the way what happens. You, you just no. don't remember. I know there is that figure that has like a black cloak and a white face. Yeah. And the little girl. Yeah. That, that, those are iconic images, and they're riding like a sure. train or a, a sky lift, something or other together. There's all sorts of stuff in this movie. And I remember very little about this. I haven't seen this movie in at least five years. So mm -hmm. it's been a while. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to kind of get into this. I very much want to continue on doing these after, after this one. We're going to think of this as... Remember how we're doing our Kevin Smith movies? Just kind of like every Staggered every throughout. 50 episodes, it just kind of worked out that way. I want to do that for this, where we're just going to sprinkle them in when we need something to do. Yeah, so. because there's so many of them. Yeah. I'm not going to sit through. We're not going to run out. Well, and they do a Studio Ghibli Fest every single year in the movie theater. Yeah. And they do about six to eight, I think, yeah. where they sort of rotate the title. So I know there yeah. is a lot of them. And as of now, I think they're all available on HBO Max. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, okay, let's so explore. So those of you who are going to follow along with us, go to HBO Max and it's right there. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go watch Spirited Away. We'll be right back. back betsy what did you think of spirited away i understand what you were talking about where you're like this is a beautiful movie like the love and care that went into all this animation mm -hmm. and i assume being that this was 2001 that this shit's hand drawn <laughs> except for a couple of sequences there where you kind of pointed them out yeah this is all hand drawn yeah this would be the early days of using computer animation to kind of enhance Right, in conjunction animation. with traditional animation. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, they're doing the very old school style of animation where they have, like, matte paintings for yeah. the background. For back, yeah, the and background some work. of them, it's like, they're so elaborate and so full. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I really appreciated that. I liked this one. I don't know if I loved this one. But maybe it's just because I didn't know what to expect. And it felt like 
kind of a series of vignettes. It kind of felt it like reading a book, like or like having somebody read a storybook to you. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, she's. it just starts. It goes right into it. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you need to do this. And she does it. And then that's kind of it. And there's like little things there that they don't talk about again. And then, okay, now you have to go and do this over here with this person. And that's just the whole movie. So she keeps going on these little adventures. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know whether or not this has anything to do with it, but a little thing that I just read was Miyazaki, the director of all these movies, he doesn't come into any of these movies with a script. He has no plan. (laughs) He has no plan. He just kind of goes with it. And maybe that's why these movies are so like whimsical and like, ooh, we're going to do this and do that and do that and do that. It feels like this one, he just had kind of an inspiration. The thing I kept thinking about was, like, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like, young girl sucked into this weird world. Stranger in a strange land. Yep, everybody is, like, pointing and staring because Mm -hmm. you are not supposed to be here. Yeah. And then she's just trying to get home. So it's, like, a simple story. Yeah. And there's just all these fantastical things that happen to her along the way. And And these spirits help her. Yeah, and and it's all, like shoved off like it's nothing like none yeah. of these these creatures that are coming into this bathhouse are anything to sneeze at they're, they're just customers they're just they're there. just there and people are quick to like make friends with her yeah so she's making friends and they want to help her and by the end the entire bathhouse is saying goodbye goodbye yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when dorothy leaves the munchkin right. city <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's a lot of that and magic, and there's the evil sisters. Yeah, and, yeah. But they're not that evil. Like They're they quickly, twin like, sisters that are magical in nature. Yeah, I, and, I get that. And they warm to her, and then it's this group of, like, I don't know who's... By the end, they're both granny. Right, and everybody is, like, a little bit bad and a little bit good. Yeah. So you've got Haku, who's helping her, but mm-hmm. he's also... Her the the this woman's henchman yeah what he's Yagu like Baba under, whatever her name is her, like, he's under her spell yeah so you've got him but then he goes and like steals from her sister and I don't get almost gets him killed yeah even the woman running the bathhouse Yubaba Yubaba she gets people to sign a contract and she takes their name to control them right. But then she, like, warms to her, and she's like, oh, you did such a good job! She's good at her job! Yeah. <laughs> so there's all these, like, weird dynamics where people who seem good or characters who seem good then aren't so good. Like, mm-hmm. No-Face shows up and is she's just... a fucking monster. He's just sort of there. But he's only a monster when he's in the bathhouse. But why? Why the bathhouse? I don't know. There's a lot of those things that they don't really explain. There's uh the, the six-armed dude who runs yeah. the furnace. Yeah. He just casually drops, oh, that's my granddaughter. And I think maybe And we don't talk about that. Uh, the, the, my explanation to that is he's saying that so that people don't, like, fuck with her and kick her out. Okay, because but, he's an important person in this bathhouse, and they're going to do what he says, at the very least, just temporarily, to, to allow her to stay and get to Yubaba. But he doesn't even want her there. It's so weird how people just kind of decide to help her yeah. when in the same scene they didn't want to help her. Yeah. And maybe that's just the not having a script, just kind of going yeah. with it to serve the story better. Right. And the whole like not explaining things, you can maybe attribute to the fact that it's a kid's movie and kids aren't going to be there to try to get your intricate storyline. No, it's kind <laughs> of an elevated fairy tale if it's anything. Yeah. 
But yeah, there's moments. Th- this movie's really funny at times. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's scary, but there's some definitely disturbing animation throughout. Oh, yeah. And this little girl has a little bit of a growth arc. Her parents are turned into pigs, and she just sort of deals with that. <laughs> you know, she's like 12. They don't say how old she is. I'm kind of assuming she's like, yeah, somewhere between, like a tween. Yeah, she's a tween. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, uh, my my kind of thoughts about this, I really enjoy just looking at it. The story is just kind of blah for me. I get what they're going for here. It's this this kid in a strange place, and the kid has to grow up and really get through a challenging time. And save herself. So and save speak. herself. And, you know, there's even these, these occasions where, okay, I'll deal with my parents later. This other person needs my help. You know, you have to be able to juggle things in your life. Yeah, put put other people first. Yeah. So she has this whole interaction with a stink monster that's actually a river spirit that gives her a moss ball. <laughs> that's apparently magical. It's 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 her tip. Yeah, but it's not explained what it is. No. She's just given a moss ball that apparently has magical powers that can heal like the Whatever. hurting spirits, yeah, I guess. It'll it'll heal heal other river spirits, and it apparently will. I don't know what it really does to No Face, but it causes him to, let's just say, expel. It exercises his demons, if you <laughs> so will. to speak. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I also had the thought. There's just kind of weird things like. Uh, Yubaba has this massive head. <laughs> yeah, massive head with a massive nose. She has a bird with her head. It's right. weird. Uh, and this like huge like hair, yep. this circular hair that doesn't ever move. Nope. She has a giant baby for some inexplicable giant reason. baby that can talk and walk. Yes. And is always naked. Yes, he is. He wears a little robe to cover up his little baby bits. Uh-huh. Still got a baby butt, though. <laughs> an apron, excuse me. Yeah, it's an apron. Robe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she also she also has three decapitated heads. You know, Trent, I thought we were done with the decapitated heads <laughs> yep. in the last episode we did. Oink. But but here we are Oink. with Oink. three mustachioed Oink. green heads bouncing <laughs> I about. Loved, I love the facial hair on them <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> and they're, they just make noises and bounce about. Oink. They don't serve any purpose. Yep. Why are they there? They're her helper henchmen. He, he, henchheads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. But again, it's just there for the comic effect. Like, the guy down in the boiler room, he animates the soot, and they're just these little fuzzballs with big right, eyes. Right, And they have arms and legs, and they throw coal into the fire. Uh-huh. And that's all they do. But even they have a personality. Right. And they have some spirit to them. So, like, at the end of the movie, when they're down there again... You've got the giant baby, who is now a rat, and the bird, who is now a tiny bird. (laughs) Or a little fly. And with a beak, though. That's a bird. And a tongue. (laughs) (laughs) And they're, like, regaling the little soot balls, but with a dramatic reenactment. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of humor, like I said. There were moments I was definitely laughing. Those two sidekicks were making me chuckle. Well, yeah, and it's all, like, background stuff. They're the comic relief, because there's some heavy stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. You know, the Haku is about to die. He's bleeding everywhere. And he's apparently also a dragon. 
Sure he is. Sure. Cause why not? <laughs> yeah, and and again, this is it's a very Japanese movie. There are things in here that apparently they had to add some dialogue into for American audiences to explain what's happening. A lot of people misconstrued what this house was. We don't have bathhouses in America that's or in, in the West. No, we have people, spas, but that's people not the thought same thing. it was like a brothel kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. But no, this is a bathhouse and is a very traditional Japanese thing. So they had to add a piece of dialogue there where Shihiro says, "Oh, it's a bathhouse." Yeah, should explain what she's yeah. looking at. And I think they also added a line about, "Oh, he's also a dragon," because that depiction of a dragon is not what we think of as a dragon. No, it is very much an Asian yeah, We think of a dragon as yeah. a, a fire-breathing lizard type. <laughs> With big legs and yeah. a tail and wings. Right. They're, they're smaller, usually have fur. Yeah. And like big, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Like, it's like a mustache, but it's not a mustache. <laughs> sure. And like all dragons, I think at the very end of the movie where he, re- where he remembers his name, the things coming off of him are dragon scales. Yes. So that is a common thing uh, b- between the two cultures. Anyway, dragons <laughs> are apparently a thing in this movie. Um, and yeah, just the fantastical things about it really give a lot of weight to it. One thing I really wanted to talk about here. So we're talking about the look of the movie and how detailed everything is. The one thing I wanted to mention here was the pacing of the movie. And not like movie pacing like normal, but the things that they choose to put in the movie. And by that I mean the choice to have the camera, let's say, follow Shihiro as she is like traversing so much of this landscape. It's following her, like, going down those stairs at the beginning of the movie. It's following the family as they're just kind of walking around. It's an excuse for the filmmakers to show off what's happening around them. And it's very subtle. It is very unnecessary. Think about, you know, like, Western movies with with, with uh, live-action actors. You're not going to see them just walking with no dialogue. Just Rarely. Down, yeah, you're not it's, really going to see that. It's a mo- They will if it's like an Aaron Sorkin walk and talk where it's just like... But that's the thing. They're talking, It's though. all dialogue. There's no dialogue in the, the scenes where she's just walking around. Okay, you just mean she's just like having a stroll, doing yeah. nothing of consequence. Exactly. It's just... It is all in service of setting up this world and seeing how fucked up it is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very Japanese kind of a thing because... When I think of Japan, like the exposure that I get to Japan is video games. And we've talked about video games quite a bit, but video games that come from Japan have this same kind of motif to it, where your character most of the time is silent. You're just kind of traversing to the next thing. That's exactly what the Shihiro was doing. I did think about that at the same time watching this. Like, I got Wizard of Oz, and I also got kind of those sorts of video games. I don't play games myself, yeah. but you certainly do. And just the vibe of, here's a little mission, and you have to solve it, and then you get a prize, and then that's over, and we don't talk about it again. Right, you move on to the next thing. Move on to the next thing. Let's show you this beautiful landscape, or you have to get on the train, or you have to climb these dangerous stairs, or you have to run through the flowers to get to the pig building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is very evocative of that. Definitely. And there's an overall goal, you know? It's not even defeat the final boss and win it's mm-hmm. just 
find your parents and go home, break the spell, so to speak. So to speak, yeah. And how you get there is up to you. Like, Shihiro could have done this a different way, I'm sure, but the way she went about it, she made all the friends in the world, she got to save her friend, and helped her friend at the same time. So, like, you're taking on missions and you're helping out... Side quests! Side quests! <laughs> it's open world, Helping trend. NPCs in the world. <laughs> yes, that is very video game-centric. So, that's kind of what I was thinking about throughout the whole movie. Yeah, me too. I definitely got those moments where it just felt like, okay, you work in the bathhouse now, and we have this really stinky customer, mm -hmm. and they're showing you, like there's somebody demonstrating to you how things work. You yep. open this panel mm -hmm. and put this little task It's a, like in. a little mini game. Yep, and you pull the cord, it goes away, something else opens up, and mm -hmm. then you fill the tub. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have the right token for the right thing, otherwise it's not going to work. <laughs> and if you make the right friends, they'll help you. Exactly. <laughs> so... Yeah, that, that was kind of my, my thoughts throughout this. I, I really enjoy this movie. Every time I've seen it, I see something new. Um, you were noticing a lot of weird little details today. Like the choice yeah. at the beginning when they're smelling food. Yeah. The they dad, have a shot of his zipper. <laughs> yeah. The camera is like down on the ground and it's pointing up towards the father. And as the father is coming towards the camera, there's just like one frame of his pants and the little tag on his zipper, the thing you actually grab. The zip. <laughs> the, yeah, the thing you're actually grabbing is on screen for just a frame. That doesn't need to be there, but they put it in there because there... that's what it would look like if he's walking like this. I guess, yeah, it's, it's just a weird detail. So incredible. Uh, but like all the details about the food that they're eating, it everything acts and looks the way it should. Like, the physics on things, the way, like, they're taking a bite out of something, and there's a little bit of, like, bits hanging off of it. Mm -hmm. Her clothing all reacts the way clothing should. Her hair does this what it, what it should. It's and there's thorough. So many, and there's so many little details. Like, there was one scene, I think she's, like, getting up. Yeah, it, she was getting up from sleeping. Everybody else was gone and helping out No Face. There's, a like, a second-long um, sequence where she's putting her hair back in a tie. She, you didn't need to put that in there. It's She's like way in the background of the scene and they include her putting her hair back. You just wanted to show that you could do it. I don't know. It, it's, <laughs> just, it's this very tiny detail that would have been on screen if that was a live action actor, mm -hmm. but it's not. Yeah, there's some really cool shots in this. Some of the ones that I wrote down were... When Haku is showing her her parents, like, it's up to you to remember which ones they are and what they look like. Yeah, yeah. He's pulling her through this little garden. Yeah. And the flowers are kind of flying at you. Like, That's this one is of the one... computer animated Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was a very cool shot. I also wrote down when she's walking to the train and she's walking on the train tracks in the water, but you can't mm -hmm. see the tracks. She's just sort of walking through this endless sea of water mm -hmm. and kind of waving and holding her shoes. Sure. It's just a cool shot, this endless landscape of water. And mm -hmm. it looks like she's walking on water. Yeah. And then when she's on the train, when she's nearing her destination, she's kind of looking to the right and you can see her reflection mm -hmm. in the window of mm -hmm. the train. Yeah. And it's from a different perspective 
and she's not at like a 90 degree angle to the mm-hmm. or she's not like perpendicular or parallel or whatever whatever <laughs> it is uh, to it so the the reflection in the in the window is different than what we are seeing in, on the screen yeah for her, her it's the opposite her, in the foreground yeah it's really neat yeah. and yeah it's just the attention to detail and I'm looking forward to watching more of these just to see how it evolves like I'll I kind of want to go backwards and watch something from the 90s well yeah this I think studio Mononoke... has been around since like the late 80s I think was yes. their first one yes um like I kind of want to the next one I, we watch I think I want to watch Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. because I think that was like 97 98 something like that and this is before they would have definitely had the computer and uh, assisted stuff and because you've seen it and I, I want to see yeah another one of those and so. now I think they're getting more I don't know if they're still doing hand drawn or if they're doing the thing like the Simpsons do now where it looks hand drawn but oh. it is computer animated. I don't know. I don't I don't even know if Studio Ghibli is still uh going in, in the I, I think Miyazaki retired. Oh okay. if, if I'm not wrong, I think Miyazaki retired. Was Ponyo if, the last one? I don't know. That's the most recent one I can think of. Okay. I don't I do not know. Well, it would make sense if the man retired if he's been doing this for like he's been 30 doing years. This for decades, yeah. <laughs> and who knows how long he had been working at it before he actually right. started becoming well known for because it. Because you don't just start a studio and start doing this. You come up as an animator. Well, and you mentioned John Lasseter. He did the American production of yes. this. This is like right before he would have gotten on board and really became a big deal with Pixar. Yes. This would have been happening kind of concurrently. Yeah. John Lasseter was the executive producer in charge of dubbing and just basically getting the English version over here. Because as I was talking to Betsy before we started recording, this movie was a giant, giant hit in Japan. The biggest hit they'd ever had. It came out in 2001. It made $200 million just in, in Japan before it came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. That record of revenue stood until 2020. Yeah. That's fucking insane. That's a huge number for what is not a massive country. <laughs> no. So the fact that that was able to, and, and of course they brought it over here to, to bring over to the Western audience and it won the Oscar for best animated feature at that point. And the only one up, up till now from another or in a foreign language. Correct. Me. Correct. I think the first one I think was in 2000 and Shrek won that one for best animated feature. Yep. And then this one came right after that. So that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it won the second one that existed. Right. And considering that, your studios after the Oscar was created, your studios are going to hit the ground running because they want to win that fucker. So you get into this and a Japanese movie takes it the second year out. Man, it really must have been good. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what other movies were up against this one, but damn. <laughs> anyway, uh, th- this was going to win no matter what in-, in my book. It's kind of a shame that that category didn't exist a lot sooner. Yeah. And I understand why it wouldn't have in, you know, the mm-hmm. 40s because they gave Walt Disney a special one for Snow White because nobody had done what he had done before. Sure. And then not a lot of major companies were making animated full-length features for a long time. Disney was just going to win everything. Yeah. No matter what. And even it's just though, a matter of which movie. And even though they were making this entire world of anime, Japanese-style animation, mm-hmm. in like the 80s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah, yeah. they just didn't... 
I don't know, because you have to lobby for that shit. <laughs> like the well, yeah. animators guild, they have to like, yeah, you know, put it on the ballot and hope that they will vote to push it through and have a category. There's a whole lot of politics to getting it in the Oscars to begin with. Well, it takes a lot to even get a movie like this to come out in the West mm-hmm. because there's a lot of like Japanese culture in this movie that does not translate. It just doesn't. There's only a little bit of text of the, 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 the katakana, I think it's called, in, um, in the movie. And you don't really need to translate any of that. You can glean what they're actually doing here. And whatever that they needed to push towards the audience, they just threw the line in there. Yeah, you could watch this movie without subtitles. And you'd probably be able to understand roughly what's going on. Yeah, I think You so. might be a little confused once in a while, but, like, when the twin sister shows up, that might be hard to explain. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. But the, but the rest of it, I feel like you'd be like, oh, okay, no, I get it. Yeah, this you woman must be in charge because she's at the top of the, the tower. You wouldn't understand that the guy is also the dragon. Until without, he turns until, into the guy. Yeah, until the end of the movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk of, like, real love and true love and this, the power of love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... But I, and the other thing we I wanted to f- kind of flesh out here more was the fact that this is very much a fairy tale kind of a thing, mm-hmm. because not only do you have these fantastical things like dragons and magic and spirits, spirits, um, they, they just go on an adventure. Like think about Shihiro goes on this train ride with this fly bird thing and carrying this mouse that was a baby mouse baby (laughs) (laughs) she's just is going along with her menagerie yeah now they're friends (laughs) and and yeah no face is now a good guy and just tagging along yeah and he's gonna be left behind at granny's house and he's because because he's good at spinning thread Like the shot of them all running the spinning wheel and then knitting like the baby mouse is like flailing his little limbs tangled in in yarn. It was funny. I liked it. (laughs) Yeah. And like there's just the shot of them using the, the knitting needles. What, what did she say? Like, loop, loop, swirl? I don't remember what the... Uh, it's like knit two, pearl one or that, something. That, yes, that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really good good scene. The mouse and the bird on the wheel just kind of going around. And, and they that was animated. <laughs> yeah, that was animated again. really well. <laughs> yeah, it was like very like classic animation from those scenes. Like, that could could have been a fairy tale from the 50s as, as, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. That's also something that is pretty typical in kind of a cross animation where your leads have a very specific look and everyone else around them is kind of fantastical. So the leads tend to be the most human looking. Yeah. But then you have these really cartoonish side characters like the mouse and the dust balls and like the yeah. frog. And then everyone else looks sort of human, but they kind of look like animal humans. Like there's frog people. There's, you know, everybody's pig. There's pig people who are kind of running the rest of the place. Yeah. But there's actual pigs. They're they're all too big and round and weird. I think about in Disney, like Pluto is a dog and Goofy is a dog. But Pluto is is considered, quote, a funny animal in the Disney parlance. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they're both dogs. Yeah. 
A dog could have a dog. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. And actually, no, I'm sorry. A mouse has a dog because Pluto is That's Mickey's true. mouse. That's true. Pluto is Mickey's dog. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I think of. There are actual pigs here. And like, even in the, like, the final shot of the, the final test, the pigs are there. And then there's pigs up above looking down at the other pigs. Why do you, why do you not have a problem with this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just because it's kind of movie. It's fine. Everyone just rolls with it. Once she stops running around screaming, trying to figure out where the hell she is and what's going on, yeah. screaming, it's just a dream, wake up. Yeah, and I told Betsy the like the first or second time she's like in the fetal position, like crying to herself. Yeah, she does that a lot in this movie. When Haku takes her to her parents and gives her food to, to eat, yeah. and she's just eating these giant rice patties, crying crocodile tears those were huge tears (laughs) massive tears if there was anything that i just did not like as far as animation it was the giant like saucer tears coming out of her eyes that's kind of what i look like when i eat and cry just (laughs) (laughs) one rice ball this is delicious (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know betsy there's just so much here that is is gorgeous it's just little moments and things that your your eye catches the the buildings are all painted the way the lights light up Mm -hmm. the different look of all the spirits running the restaurants there's a lot of fog and steam and things like reaching through there's a lot of water imagery the sequence of the dragon fighting the paper birds the question mark that kind of looked like the prince symbol. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that whole thing was just why, how, what are there just paper cutting him to death? And some of them, they they don't make they don't explain it. No. So much of the stuff is just matter of fact. This is what's happening. Yeah, deal with it. And then one of them like hitches a ride on Shihiro as she's climbing the tower to get to Haku. And that just happens to be, she turns into the the sister witch and she's like faded, yep. much, much like Shihiro was at the beginning. She's like a spirit of her own because she's not really she's there. She's not actually there. She's just astral projecting herself there. <laughs> but she has the ability to turn the baby into the mouse and turn the, the heads into a baby. The heads into a baby. <laughs> yeah, man. And then the dragon cuts the little thing in half and she goes away. I've been paper cut to death. (laughs) Like, how did he do that? I don't know. He's magic. Magic. That's it. And then there's a big hole in the floor because plot reasons. Yeah. Well, if you're an evil, you know, boss lady, you have to have a pit for to throw your enemies in. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But usually there's a trap door. She needs to install a trap door. Yeah, and there's there's just a hole all the way down to the boiler room. Because, of course. Because it would be useful for them to end up there. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole movie, Shihiro and Haku, they keep saying, I think I know you. Why do I know you? Right. Why are you so familiar? And she finally remembers near the end of the movie, at a, what I might say is a really inopportune time. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she says, well, I was li- when I was little, I fell into the river. I and lost I woke- my shoe. I lost my shoe and I went to get in to get it. Mm-hmm. And I got swept and away. And I got swept away. And then I woke up on the shore and it's because you did it. You were the river. And he, and I think your name was 
the name, name of, of the, the river. river. <laughs> and then she, he sheds all of his dragon scales and they start falling. Yeah. Bad timing. Never, never whisper to somebody who's flying you somewhere <laughs> some news that's going to change their life. This is your name. <laughs> but good news, he can still fly even not as a dragon. <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Reasons. We need them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Betsy. I think this is going to have to be a short one because I can't really think of anything else. It's a great looking movie. I'm looking forward to doing more. And thank you to my friend Carmen for gifting this movie to me so many years ago. Thank you. All right, Betsy, let's end with an email. This one comes in from our super fan, Stephanie, talking about being John Malkovich. Uh, came in a couple weeks ago when we were doing our weird-a-thon. That's a weird movie. Uh-huh. And she says, what a weird and wonderful movie. You see? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, John Malkovich seems like such an odd choice of a person to inhabit, but it just makes the whole thing better. Uh, my favorite scene is when everyone is Malkovich. I don't typically love movies where the main character sucks, but I do love it when sucky characters get their comeuppance. Uh, of course, that was... Uh, that was the John Cusack character. John Cusack. He still sucks. <laughs> uh, overall, I do like this one more than Adaptation, but both are so good. Uh, I have, of course, been watching horror movies lately. I do love a good horror comedy, and since The Hubby was out of town, that is mainly what I've watched so far. Perfect! Yeah. Uh, I think I have already recommended Little Monsters to you, but I really think you should watch it. Australians have such a fun sense of humor, plus Josh Gad is a horrible person, but also funny. <laughs> I know nothing about Little Monsters. I think it's one on Amazon. So I'll have to look into that. All right. Another good one I watched last week was Villains from 2019. Great cast and, and interesting premise. I think both are on Hulu now. Uh, love you guys from Superfan Stephanie. Thank you as always, Stephanie. Thanks, Stephanie, for the recommendations. We hope that you enjoyed all of the horror picks uh, that uh, we have put out this year. Since we're reading that late. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Uh, we have to record these in advance, of course. We have busy lives. <laughs> We've been out of town a lot lately. So anyway, that is going to be the end of this one. If you would like to be like Stephanie and like all of our other contributors, email us at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. We we're on all the social media platforms, at least all the ones that matter <laughs> to people in their 30s. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. It is never seen it pod one on those two things on Twitter. It is never seen it underscore pod. If you would like to support the show and we wish you would click the link in the podcast description to throw us a buck on anchor. It's an easy process. I know you can figure it out, but I think that is going to be the end of this episode. Betsy, uh, we're not doing a series here for a little while. We're going to do a couple more, and then we have a brand new movie we're going to be watching. See if you can figure out what that's going to be, guys. Sometime in November. Sometime in November should be a big movie coming out. Anyway, that's going to be the end of this one. My name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And we will be back to you with another episode of Never Seen It. Bye, guys. <laughs>